Happy New Year, everybody. How many of you, I'm curious, were violently interrupted from a deep sleep last night at midnight with fireworks? <laughs> you can tell who the older folks are. Uh, the older folks are. Did you hear what I almost said? The older folk, folks. Okay, if you didn't, that's okay. Um, <laughs> that's why somebody said youth is when you're allowed to stay up on New Year's Eve. Middle age is when you're forced to. Uh, somebody said, what, asked this riddle, what is a New Year's resolution? It's something that goes in one year and goes out the other year. Isn't that good? <laughs> uh, somebody said this, I see no need to make more New Year's resolutions when the ones already on the books aren't being enforced. Anybody ever feel that way? Or how about this, my New Year's resolution is to stop hanging out with people who ask me about my New Year's resolutions. And my favorite one is this, an optimist stays up until midnight to see the new year in, a pessimist stays up to make sure the old one leaves. That good. Um, we are going to be talking a little bit about new year and reflecting on that this morning. Before we do that, just a couple of things. If you have been doing the, the Bible reading, continuing that with a triad or a small group, we do have the second Old Testament one out. We've had it out for about a month, but it is on the back if you want to grab it. It's just continuing, taking us through the Old Testament. You will get through the majority of the Old Testament this year. Um, so if you're doing that, I encourage you to do it. I know the Old Testament can be a little more difficult, but a couple of things on the back. I'm really encouraging you as you enter into each of these books of the Old Testament to watch the Bible Project overview video on that. It will give you a sense of what's happening in Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel so that as you read it, you have a better sense of what's going on and what you're reading. Um, that's that's a thing I strongly encourage you to do. I think you would find that very helpful. But there's a lot of exciting narrative in here, continuing the narrative from last year and getting into the old the major prophets primarily, and some of the more of the history. So um, encourage you to do that. A couple of other things. If you're online, I probably should have said this at the very beginning. We're going to be going over a sheet together this morning, and if you're if you're not driving, you want to have access to a printer. But if you're somewhere that you have access to a printer, we emailed that out, I think, Wednesday and yesterday to make sure people had it. You might want to get on and print that out because we are going to actually take pen to paper this morning. If you don't have that ability, that's okay. We'll have some stuff on the screen. We do want to invite all of you to do something with us this morning. So is anybody that coming in did not get this New Year, end of the year reflection? Is there anybody that didn't? If so, we are going to work our way through this, and it would be helpful you can raise a hand, and Melissa can bring that by, and you might need a pen also. Um, let me say something about the marriage conference. The marriage conference we're doing is, um, it's going to be some curriculum, some videos done by a couple from the UK who are involved with Alpha, a really cool ministry. And a few years ago, some of us in the church during COVID did that online as a group on Zoom. And it was really, really powerful excellent material when we did that. Um, there were a couple of us older couples that were in that, and Pat and I got a lot out of it. We left that with some new skills, um, relational skills, things that I had never heard of, had never thought of, and so I really encourage you, whether you're a young couple, you're in the middle of marriage, if you're older, I really think that you will get a lot out of this, and we actually will have time during the conference to sit as a couple and actually work through some of the stuff they talk about. So it's, just, it's not just taking in information and learning things. You're actually going to be putting some things into practice. So really encourage you, January 13th, 14th, Friday night, Saturday morning, to, to be a part of that. We will have child care. So, 
Okay, it is New Year. And Melissa, thank you for, for getting those around to people. It is New Year. Um, and it's always a time when people naturally think about their lives, right? When you look back on the year, you think about the good and the bad, the storms, the exciting things. You think about, I think a lot of times, your failures, your faults, your failings, um, your inconsistencies and in living out your faith over the year. You not think about that kind of stuff this time of year. And like, that's why resolutions, right? I want to get better this year. Um, I think it's really common for us to do that, to have an evaluation. I mean, every year you get a health checkup, or you're supposed to at my age, right? Supposed to is the key word there, um, and I need to get mine in this year. Got a new year to, to do it, but we do health checkups. I was at the post office the other day. Trying, I was there really early to, to get in the door right away, mail a package before the lines formed, and while I was in there, a guy came in who was the elevator inspector, and he met the postmaster, and he said, I'm here to do my annual evaluation. So we evaluate things annually, right? That's normal. So should we not evaluate our hearts, do a heart check? Um, we don't do that very often, and I think our culture, we're so busy, it is hard to find and create space to do that. So this morning, I actually want to create space that we can, with intentionality, look at our hearts, because um, we just don't have time to do that. Novelist Walker Percy once lamented that we can learn everything there is about the planet Uranus in five minutes, though it's 1.6 million miles away, but we can live almost our entire lives and not even really know 10% about the reality of our own heart. And so I think this idea of reflection is really significant of looking inward, and it's a biblical idea. Um, so let's, I want to show you some scripture, because the truth is that God knows our hearts. He sees everything. First Chronicles 28.9 says, The Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. In Hebrews 4.13, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of Him to whom, to whom we must give an account. Everything is laid bare before Him. In Psalm 7.9, You are the righteous God who probes minds and hearts. And in 1 Corinthians 4.5, Paul says something very humbling that he will bring to light what is hidden in darkness and he will expose the motives of the hearts. And that's why different authors talk about the need to do an examination occasionally to, to that God not only sees into my heart, but with his help to look into my heart. And David in particular talks about this foremost more than anybody. In Psalm 139, 23 to 24, he says, search me, God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And in Psalm 26, 2, he says, test me, Lord, try me and examine my heart and my mind. And, and what's the purpose of this examination that we should do occasionally with regularity and intentionality? Job talks about it in chapter 34, 32, where he says, teach me what I cannot see. If I've done wrong, I will not do so again. So the whole point is to correct our path. That's the point of this examination. And that's why biblical authors, they call us to the spiritual discipline of self-examination, um, of re reflection. It has traditionally been called examine. That's the big name given to it. Can you say that word with me? Examine? Examine, okay. That's traditionally what this is called. It's an intentional choosing at times to get into some quiet, to create space that I can reflect on my heart and look within and ask some questions to see if I am in alignment with God, with his ways, and with his purposes. And the reason we do this is because what Jordan and I talked about back in August, the tendency of the human heart towards drift. In Hebrews 2.1, where we're told, pay 
we must pay the most careful attention to what we've heard so we do not drift away. So this discipline of examine is me pulling away in some quiet to pay attention to my heart. And we do this because of that drift and because of drift, Haggai says in chapter 1 verse 5, or actually the Lord Almighty says, consider your ways. In the NIV, give careful thought to your ways. I like the Brian Standard Bible, consider carefully your ways. And then in Jeremiah, let us test and examine our ways. Let us turn back to the Lord. That's the whole purpose of all this. You know, through history, great men, whether believers or not, have done this self-examination of foul benefit. Um, Meriwether Lewis, who was on the Lewis and Clark expedition, a little over a year into their expedition, it was actually the day that they met the Shoshone, so Sacagawea's own tribe that she had been kidnapped from, and her brother, who was now the chief, where they got horses, and these were the people who were going to lead them over the mountains, hopefully to the river. Actually, they didn't even know. Well, they knew they'd seen the mountains. They were hoping they'd just get a river. But the very day that they found the Shoshone, he recorded what happened that day, and it happened to be his 31st birthday. And here's what he wrote at the end of his journal entry that day after talking about all that had happened. He said, this day I completed my 31st year. I reflected that I had as yet done but little, very little indeed, to further the happiness of the human race or to advance the information of the succeeding generation. I viewed with regret the many hours I've spent in indolence and now sorely feel the want of that information which those hours would have given me had they been judiciously expended. This is a guy that's given over a year of his life to this expedition, and he talks about the indolence of his life. So he stopped and paused and reflected. Jack Hayford, have you most of you heard of Jack, Fav Jack Hayford, famous pastor? Um, what movement did he start, or what, is it the, does anybody remember? No, I don't remember. He kind of started a church, a church movement, but here's what he wrote. He said, King David wrote, search my, search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try my thoughts and see if there be some wicked way and lead me in the way everlasting. That's my desire as well. I want my heavenly Father to walk with me through the garden of my heart and see if I've missed anything. Isn't that a great picture? Inviting God to walk through the garden of my heart. I do this by regularly engaging in cleansing prayer. This is different from my daily devotions. It's more intense. Sometimes I feel like I need a thorough cleaning like a car radiator periodically needs to be flushed. I take time and devote myself to prayer and self-examination. I'm ultimately looking for a new perspective on myself, a revelation of pride or self-centeredness or an insight into what God would have me do next. During one of these cleansing prayers, for instance, I was feeling a vague hollowness. I couldn't put my finger on a glaring sin, but eventually realized I felt empty because I'd been squandering my free time. Anybody ever... Squander your free time. It wasn't an earth-shattering revelation, but I had to acknowledge I'd been watching an excessive amount of television. Thankfully, we don't do that anymore. Uh, I see nothing intrinsically wrong with TV. It's just that there are few constraints to watching it, and it doesn't demand anything of me. In short, if I watch it too much, I begin to get lazy. I also enjoy the reading of novels and playing basketball, and these are activities that truly refresh me. I felt like the Holy Spirit was prompting me to prune this form of sloth to allow me to nurture better activities in my life. And then he said this, this regular time of cleansing prayer keeps my spiritual garden in order. 
So he invites the Lord into his spiritual garden to keep it in order. And that's what we long for is for our spiritual garden, our soul to be in order. In the words of Gordon MacDonald, we want to have a well-ordered heart. So we're going to do something unique and interesting this morning. Um, you know Ephesians 4, 11, 12 says that Jesus gave the church pastors and teachers not to just do great sermons to inform people, but to equip God's people. And I, I feel that call to equipping a lot. That's why I did that work series. And it wasn't just about information about God and work. It was really to equip you and give you ways to think about your work practically. And I want to equip you this morning with what this discipline of examine looks like. Um, it's something I try to do every year and actually a couple times through the year but I want to walk you through it this morning. So to do this discipline, it's pretty simple. All we do, you do is follow the acronym PRAY. If you want to, there's a few of these things. If you want to maybe write that at the top, if it would be helpful for if you do this in the future, that acronym PRAY, and it just means this. I pause and pray. I reflect. I ask. And then I yield. I pause and pray. I reflect. I ask. And I yield. And so I want us to actually do this this morning. So I want us to take a minute and pause and be still and let's quiet our hearts before the Lord. And in a minute, I'll prompt us to a particular kind of prayer. But let's just take a moment to, to still our hearts before him. If it helps when you're stilling your heart, when you're doing this pause to, to breathe slowly and deeply and intentionally, kind of helps relieve tension and get your mind focused on him. Lord, we just come out of holidays that have been a blessing in many ways, but have also been hectic and just we pray that you would slow our minds and our hearts and help us to be centered on you for the next few minutes. Amen. And then we pray, asking God to show us important things in our hearts. And I'm going to let us do this. We're going to do some other prayers together. I want us to do this one yourself. I'm gonna, you can pray in your own words, or if you would like, you can use this prayer. But let's just take a minute and go to the Lord and ask him, invite him to come in and to Help us to see clearly the reality of our hearts. Lord, we really are weaving a life right now. We are weaving a pattern. So help us to see the pattern we're currently weaving 
to look. What would that look like if we extend that out into the future? So we just come before you with open hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now, after that pause on prayer, we reflect. And we're actually going to go through this sheet together. We're not going to do it in great detail, but I am going to po- focus you or point to a couple of things that I really want to look at. So, um, and if you're online, you can follow us with this. So we're going to take some time for reflecting. The first thing is, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but with pen in hand, let's just think for a minute about the year past. Were there any significant life-changing events which occurred this last year? Any major challenges? How did they impact my life? How did I handle them? And how did I walk with God and grow some? I just want you to take a minute and just write down any of those big events in your life, whether it was a challenge, a great joy, but what were some of the big things that occurred in your life this year? Again, we're not going to finish this this morning. I really invite you in the next few days to take an hour away somewhere, go get coffee or something. And, and if you just, I just recorded the big events, I think, in my life. But to take time later to think them through, I want to move on. So the next point of reflection is the idea of the two great commandments. Where in Matthew 22, 39 to 40, Jesus said that the first and great, the great, first and greatest command is to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and with all of your mind. And the second command is like it, and it is this, love your neighbor, agape love your neighbor as yourself. And I think the reality is we know that we were primarily created for that relationship with him, and when his love is flowing into us, it can overflow into others' lives. When it gets stopped, and I'm not experiencing his love, less of his love overflows into others. We all know what that's like. So here's my question this morning. What is the current state of my heart, my love, and my passion towards God? And if you were to do it on this scale of one to five, where would you say you are in your passion and love for God this morning? If you're online, you don't see my little uh, screen bean guys. One is deeply in love with him. The five over there is like, I'm in despair because like, I don't even have a heart for him right now. So just on that, if you were to circle somewhere, where is your heart today in relation to your love for God?
then I think an important question, am I being intentional about regularly cultivating my relationship with God? And primarily through word and prayer, that communication, but it comes in other ways in worship and community. But am I in being intentional about regularly cultivating my relationship with him? How would I answer that? Would that be a yes or a no? Again, later you can write down thoughts about the state of your relationship with him. Jesus does say that that second command is to love our neighbor as ourself. So am I growing in compassion and agape love for people? And agape love is defined as the steadfast sacrificial zeal that's kind toward and seeks the true good of another. So am I really growing in love for people? And I'm not primarily talking about the family we love dearly or our friends, but other people. Am I growing in that sacrificial zeal, that kindness, that intentional pursuit of the good of others? This year, and the no I see is not on there, so that's a yes and a no. But you can add the no. But that's the question: is how how are you doing in your love for people? How are you doing in your love for people? Are you growing in that? And then specifically, I want to ask this: because the opposite of love is not hate. The opposite of love is indifference and apathy, and holding people off, and treating them as though they're unimportant, devaluing them, or just not, just withholding, right? So I want to know who are one or two people to whom I need to extend my love with intentionality. That maybe I've been holding at arm's length, or treating not well, or with indifference, that I know that I need to start treating them with agape love. So who are one or two people that you need to, to love with intentionality? I want to talk for a minute about the direction of our life. John 1.1 1, 1 says, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. And that word with in Greek is pros, which means face-to-face, intimate communion. So in the beginning was the word, the word was an intimate relationship with the Father, face-to-face relationship with him. The Old Testament frequently talks about either turning your face toward God or your face away from him. It's a common way it talks about relationship with God. We've talked about this before, but there's two ways of thinking about like religion or whatever. There's what's called bounded set thinking, where the focus is on boundaries, on rules, and what you can or can't do, are you in and out kind of thing. Then there's centered set thinking, where the focus is on the center, on the thing that everything is revolving around. And in centered set thinking, the most important part is the center, which would be Jesus, right? And the focus of centered set thinking is movement. Am I moving towards what's at the center or am I moving away from? So with that in mind, would you say that you are right now moving toward God or are you moving away from God? Moving toward 
or moving away. Draw a circle around whichever little guy most represents you. If you're in relationship with God through Jesus, you're in the circle, okay? You're in the family. We'll just say that. You're in the family. If you're here and you haven't yet made that choice to follow Jesus, not in relationship yet with him, then we'll just, if you don't mind, you're outside that and you're either moving towards relationship with him or away. But which of those men most represents you right now? Later in the day, you can think through why is that the reality of your life, whatever it is, and what are some spiritual exercises, some practices, and some environments you can put yourself in to either continue to move towards him or if you're moving away to, to, turn, your, to turn your face back towards him. So I'm going to talk for a minute about distractions. In Luke 10, 38 to 42, um, tells the story of Martha and Mary and of Mary, Jesus said, she has chosen the best thing, and it will not be taken from her. But of Martha, he said, you're distracted. You're distracted by many things. And so as I look back on the past year, have I been more like Mary, or have I been more like Martha? I know we go through ups and downs, right? We all undulate in this. But if you were just to look on the whole of this past year, have you been more like Mary or more like Martha? And then, again, later, I really encourage you to do this alone. You can think about who are the people and what are the things that tend to distract you. You can write those down, and then based upon that reflection, ask the question, what, maybe what do I need to not have in my life as much? What environments or what things that I do that tend to distract me? So think about that. Redeeming the time. Paul writing in Ephesians 5.16 tells us to make the most of our time. So I'm curious, as I look back on the last year, um, what were the greatest wasters of my time? I've skipped the first question on the sheet, but what were the greatest wasters of my time? You know, the question I skipped on the sheet that's of value is when I do look back on the last year, have I been investing my time, energy, and resources in things that have lasting eternal value or in things that have fleeting and consequential value? What have I really been pouring my time, my life, my energy into? Things that have eternal impact or things that are fleeting, and I'll look back 
in 10, 15 years and say, what a waste. Or like Meriwether Lewis, like what was I doing? What have I been doing with my time? God nudgings and promptings. The next one in Isaiah 43, 19, God says, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. I love this. Do you not perceive it? I mean, do you know that God is wanting to do a new work on your life? There's something new he's wanting to do in your life. So in God's work of forming me in the image of his son, God is desiring to do new things. And so in what areas of my life do I sense that God is desiring to be at work? I'm just curious. Maybe you don't have a sense of that, but maybe you do. And if you've been having some nudgings or something, I just want you to write down what is, what's the thing God's wanting, you, wanting to do in your life. And then later you can just ask the question, what are some spiritual disciplines, exercises, books, who are some people I can meet with, whatever, that are going to help me to grow in those areas? So think about that. Um, The wrap-up of all of this is, after you've thought that through, is just, again, in your time alone with the Lord later. Just look back at your answers and ask the question, are there any patterns, are there any specific things that are coming up you need to give attention to? And then finally at the end is, who is the person I'm going to share this with and be accountable to? I have somebody every year when we do this that uh, when we gather the next time, we'll probably, I mean, I'm sure we'll text, we'll bring these, and we'll talk through what God is doing in our lives, where we are, um, as a form of accountability. So I encourage you to not just do this alone, but to take this to a trusted um, companion who walks with the Lord who can help you um, be accountable with that. Okay, so after our time of reflection comes, uh, oh yeah, on the back of that sheet, by the way, are nine questions for a new year that you can answer. Again, you can do that on your own. But after pausing and praying, after reflecting, then we ask. Um, And first we take a moment and we ask for forgiveness for all the ways that we have not loved him and cherished him, that we've not loved our neighbor, all the ways we've fallen short. Would you join me in praying Parts of Psalm 51 with me. Would you join me? Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned. And done what is evil in your sight. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. I love that last line. Jordan, when he preached on spiritual warfare, said it's not about trying, it's about, do you remember the other word? 
not trying, but starts with an A, abiding. Because you know what it's like. You, you're like, Lord, I want to walk, and I'm just going to grip my teeth, and treat, my teeth and try harder. And it's not about trying. It's about abiding. It's about a walking with him. So I love that. Would you give me your joy, this joy of your salvation and restore that? Would you grant me a willing spirit? It's just like an utter dependence on you. Please, would you give me a willing spirit to, to just walk with you? And then we ask God to help us. So again, would you join me in praying um, this, which is taken out of Scripture. So, Lord... Your name and renown is the desire of my heart. Lord, I want to live a life worthy of the calling I have received. I want to walk in that newness of life that you have given to me. Help me to throw off anything that will hold me back, and especially the sins that so easily trip me up. Empower me to carry forward the good things that I have gained, and the holy habits I've learned in 2022. I fix my eyes on you, and I run the race that you have marked out for me in this new year. And then after asking, the final part of examine is we yield to him. We yield. Yielding our will to his our very lives for whatever may come this year. I have no clue what this year is going to hold for me. But we want to yield that in advance to him, trusting him. So would you pray um, a yielding prayer? Where is the yielding prayer? Is that, is that it? Did, we, did I have that up like while we were doing the other one? Sorry about that. Um, so we missed this one totally? No, okay, we're good. I just double jumped it. All right. Uh, another thing I need to work on this year. So would you join me in praying a yielding prayer? So Lord Jesus, I surrender 2023 to you. Can we pause a second? That's not easy, is it? I mean, think about this last year. Because we've all had some tough stuff, right? And if you're like, if more of that came this year, I don't want it, right? But we want to pray this to our hearts. So would you join me in praying that again? Lord Jesus, I surrender 2023 to you. I do not know what this year will hold, but I yield myself to you and to your plans for me in this coming year. I am not my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory. Service. So that's what an examine looks like. Um, it's that pray. So can you tell me the P? The P is two words. I I pause and still my heart, and then I pray, and that prayer um, is just that 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 in inviting Him. Um, and then I, what's the R? It's to reflect. I have something that I use. So this is something I just created as a tool. It's something that I use, but please use this. We have a tool that helps us to reflect and think through our walk with God. And then after that, we do the A, which is we ask 
right? We seek forgiveness for how we failed. We ask for his help in moving forward and living well for him. And then the why is yield. I yield to him my life. I yield to him the year to come. So I really, I want to call all of us to making this a regular practice. Some of us aren't good at being alone. Some of us are. But I really encourage you, make this a thing every year. We will have, I'm not going to do this again next year. I did it actually two years ago. Last year, I had a number of people who said, could you please make available the sheet that I could think through my year? And next year, I'm not going to do this again, but we will have this available. I encourage you to make this an annual habit that at the end of the year, the beginning of the year, to sit down and reflect on your walk with God and where you are spiritually. I also encourage you that like an oil change, you need to do it more than once a year, right? Uh, if you ever let your, there was one time I let my oil go way too long. And when I showed up at the place, uh, he gave me a look like, <laughs> what's wrong with you? Okay. So I really feel like, I think the rhythm that we live in in Emporia is this three-part year, right? We've got the spring, we've got the summer, we've got the fall. I think the end of May, beginning of June is a great time to sit down and ask, where am I heading in the summer with you, Lord? I feel like just coming out of the summer, heading into the fall is another good time to do that. So I really encourage you to, to do that. Thomas Akempis, a great saint from long ago said, in judging others, a man labors in vain. He often errs and easily falls into sin. But in judging and examining himself, he always labors to good purpose. So let's be people who make this a regular part of, of our life. One other thing. Um, I'm going to skip that. In 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul says this, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Um, I know people who are here who are in the process who are not in the family of God, but they're moving towards it. They're moving towards Jesus. They're learning about him. They're um, being drawn to him. They are finding him beautiful. They're realizing that their life of sin and living for themselves has led to nothing, and they're, they're longing for knowing God and all of that. And I really want to if you're here, I really want you to think about where are you in that journey to him because it's easy to stall. And so just to encourage you in 2023 to keep doing the things that help move you towards him. So stay in the right environments. You know, Keep being here. Keep being in community with people who love Jesus. Hang around those people. Be in the word of God. Talk to him in prayer about your life. But I also know there's some people who are pursuing God who might be, you're at that point of like crossing the threshold and like I am ready to give my life. And if if 2023 is that, I invite you to do that. Talk to a friend who knows Jesus. Talk to me. Give me a call, an email, something. I would love to talk to you about what's it look like to cross from death to life, to come to have your sins forgiven, and just through faith to enter into a relationship with Jesus. So, all right, 12th as you leave here. Um, I share with you the words of the very Lord. Wasn't the worship great this morning? So I want to I just send you with the very words of the Lord who created you and who loves you unconditionally. It's from Isaiah 43, 1-3, 41-10, and 54-10. Would you just close your, close your eyes? I just want you to let the word of God be spoken over you and wash over you because we don't want to leave a reflection like down on ourselves. We want to leave a reflection looking at him. And so as we come into 2023, here's the word of the Lord for you. He who created you, he who formed you says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I've summoned you by name. You are mine. 
Anytime you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And if you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. If you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord, your God. I'm the Holy One of Israel. And of your, I'm your Savior. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed. And this is the word of the Lord. Can we all say to that, amen? Amen. So let's, let's leave with that, with that reality, okay? So I know unique and a little bit of a different Sunday, um, but just the way the word of the Lord talks about the need for examination, and I appreciate you guys doing that, do take some time in the next few days before you get too busy to kind of finish this. Pick somebody to share it with. Have somebody you're accountable to and continue to grow in the Lord. So 12th, would you stand? I'd like to pray and then send you into the new year. Father, we come out of a year that for some of us has been a year full of joy and great and new and exciting things. For others has been a year of maybe even some devastating events, difficulties, relational problems, just things that have upset the apple cart and have been really hard to push through. Lord, whatever it is, we trust you with it. We trust that through that you are forming us in the image of your son. And so now we, as your people, give you this year of 2023 with no clue of what's coming, but we trust your good hand and that you will cause all things, no matter what they are, to work for our good um, because we love you and we know you. And so we trust in that. And so, Lord, we give you this year. Help us to live into this year well, to live um, actively and proactively, loving you and loving others. And we need your help, Holy Spirit, to do that. So please help us to abide and you have that abiding relationship so that you can empower us to live the way we ought and to walk with you. So help us to abide. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, 12th, you are, I've never sent people into a year before, but you are sent into 2023 to live for him and his kingdom. So you're dismissed.